Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, memories and stories will continue to be shared about the life and faith legacy of Prophecy in the News founder, J.R. Church. First, though, I want to remind you that this Friday and Saturday is our first conference of the year. Our Clarity to the Chaos Conference will be in Niceville, Florida, this Friday and Saturday. Seats are still available. Register at our website, swrc.com, and click on Events. This weekend's conference will include our very own Dr. Larry Spargimino, Josh Davis, Micah Van Huss, Pastor Doug Stauffer, Greg Patton, and Larry Stamm. Don't miss out. SWRC.com and click on Events or call 1-800-652-1144. We also have upcoming conferences in Johnson City, Tennessee and Upland, California. Check out all of this year's conferences, swrc.com, and click on Events. Yesterday, Lee's Cutshaw, the editor of the Prophecy in the News magazine, was sharing some memorable stories from J.R. Church's biography, Keep Looking Up. Let's listen in on this fascinating conversation with Greg Patton, Tabitha Cook, and Lee's Cutshaw. Well, things get pretty serious as J.R. takes his devoted viewers and readers through his cancer journey. That was something else. I bet J.R. keeps it positive. What did you find out were the best insights from that challenging time in his life? One of my other favorite stories from J.R.'s book, just rich in his life and life stories and life lessons and just local color, as they might call it, is a little more serious than the bicycle repair story. And that is when he's sharing with his readers as he did, apparently regularly gave them updates on his cancer treatments and how they were going and how his body was responding. He shares a number of ways in which healing words make such a difference and shared the work of an author Masaru Emoto, and I actually have seen and read that book, that Emoto refers to water and how kind words like thank you and love and appreciation can make a difference in this research from Emoto about in the actual formation of water crystals, and that water crystals are beautiful, glorious, gorgeous crystals when they've been spoken to with kind and healing words and loving words, and that crystals that receive curses, as Emoto calls them, are misshapen and not as perfect to the eye. J.R. also talks about an experiment that Emoto undertakes with rice that is spoken to and labeled with kind words versus 
not kind words. Again, I don't want to spoil this entirely because it's beautiful. But J.R. shares with the readers in this particular reflection about how he was having pain in his liver area because there was apparently at that time they had found a tumor there. And he decided he would get a reading of the Bible. And they happened to have an audio reading of the Bible in Hebrew. That just happened to be what Prophecy in the News had available. And he put it in a cassette player and attached headphones. And at night while he slept, he put those headphones around his body so that the reading of the Hebrew version of the Bible was being read, the audio was being heard by his liver, and that the pain that he was experiencing, which was apparently quite severe at times, because of the reading of the Hebrew, he felt like when he woke up in the morning after his liver had been bathed in the words of God, the pain was not there in the mornings when he woke up. And that would last. That healing would last for some days. That moved me greatly. Uh, Not only his faith, but also the effect of my words, our words on our bodies, and as well as on other things around us and other people around us. In one of the latter sections of J.R.'s book, one of the really moving insights that he shared has got to be the section called, called to eternal glory. He has some very moving words. It's a, a bit of a sermon on how as we move into a time of eternal glory, when we take a step from this world into the world where Jesus, Shekinah glory, surrounds us, how we will gain a purified character and a perfect nature and his divine approval. And I'd like to share just a couple excerpts, a few of J.R.'s words with you all as I share what I consider to be some of his most moving insights for me from Keep Looking Up. J.R. says, You and I have been called unto the glory of God. The Shekinah that surrounds our Savior will one day be a very real part of our existence. I want to take you inside the Holy of Holies of Scripture to gaze upon the glory that awaits us. Before I do, let me say that I cannot adequately describe this glory of God. I can but stammer about it. I do not have the vocabulary it would take. I suppose if I had all of the knowledge necessary of all the languages in the world today, I would still feel inadequate on this subject. 
The Apostle Paul even admitted that he could not describe it. As a matter of fact, Paul could not relate his experience after ascending into the third heaven. Though he knew several languages, Greek, Hebrew, and Latin, the grandeur of his theme left him silent. Finally, he wrote, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. From 1 Corinthians 2.9. That is one of my favorite portions of J.R.'s book, a beautiful way to lead us to the closing of his autobiography that I guess he didn't realize that we would put together one day. Thanks to Tabitha. Thank you, Tabitha. But certainly I would imagine that especially his cancer journey led him to reflect more and more on what the next steps would be and how glorious they are and will be. I love to laugh. I like a lot of humor. Although this bio is rich in Brother Church's humor, there's some really serious takeaways in Keep Looking Up, Reflections on a Life Well Lived. What would be some of those lessons that we can learn, do you think? There are so many lessons in this book. I really don't know where to start. My list would be very, very long. There are some that are from his youth as he was really learning about a journey, his walk with the Lord, and what it means to exhibit being a Christ follower or a little Christ. One rather humorous one, and there's so much humor in this book, uh, it may end on a, on a bit of a serious note, understandably, but there's a yo-yo story in the book that has a great moral to it. And I'm not going to steal his thunder, but apparently J.R., for a time when he was younger, was maybe teased a lot. Apparently, some of his peers, when he was young, thought he was stuck up, he says, or they thought perhaps he was maybe even stuck on himself. So he got some teasing. And one day he had a yo-yo that he really enjoyed playing with. He got uh, thought to himself he was just going to really show off with that yo-yo and maybe use that yo-yo as a bit of a weapon with some of these people who were teasing him. As it turns out, as you can imagine, that yo-yo ended up wound around him several times, and he embarrassed himself even more than he had been previously and had to suffer the slings and arrows and teases of his peers even more than he had previously. And he shares that he learned a lot from that experience of you know, trying to get carried away with the yo-yo and get back at people who had been teasing him. And he found that the more he tried to hurt others, he said, 
the more he actually was hurting himself and that he learned a lesson in retaliation or not retaliating when others harm us, wound us, make us unhappy. That retaliating is not the Lord's way, and it really doesn't benefit anyone. That's a lesson that I think we can learn as young people and as adults, that revenge or retaliation is uh, not biblical. We should turn the other cheek. And J.R. learned that early. Tabitha, what was the hardest part of putting things together here? There's usually a, a pretty simple part that you really like, and then this is there's a difficult thing here about anything we do. Was there anything that was hard about this? I got a ways through it and got into his teen years, and it really made me start thinking of my life. Really? That's really good. Yes and no, because once you put sometimes your life on paper, it's like, oh, my goodness, that's not so pretty. <laughs> yeah, well, we know. You know, that was the hardest part of putting his together. It was reflecting in me. So putting the puzzle together for J.R. Church actually helped put things together in your life. That's really something. And the Holy Spirit, as you put together something as incredible as this autobiography by J.R. Church, and yet it spoke to your heart and did things to you, as I'm sure it's going to do to many people who read this autobiography. I'm going to get a copy. I'm going to read about J.R. Church. What do you think that I'm going to learn as a pastor? I'm a teacher myself. I'm on the radio. But I'm going to read through this thing. What do you think is going to stand out most for me? Do you have any idea? I mean, you can't guess what I'm thinking, but there's got to be something that really is going to impact people, I think. When he talks about he is in the lineage of the 12th person that signed the Mayflower Compact. Really? And I hear of the Mayflower Compact. Yes, ma'am. And you know what a great document and history-changing document that was. And then to come across that his ancestor was the 12th signer. I mean, he come from a stock of some pretty stout folks. That was the most interesting to me to find out about him. I think if I uh, had known him, if I'd been in Oklahoma City, I think we would have gotten along really well and I would have enjoyed his company. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Because I wouldn't say he was a charismatic type of personality, but if you met him, you loved him. It was just the way it was. I mean, he was just a lovable, likable, God-fearing man. Well, I guess I'd like to know who should buy this book, do you think? Do they have to be J.R. Church's fans? Well, Greg, I don't think that anyone on earth would not enjoy this book. I know I sound like his promoter, <laughs> J.R. Church's promoter and salesperson. And honestly, I, I guess I am in a small way as editor of the Prophecy in the News magazine, carrying on his legacy. But anyone who loves a good story, anyone who loves his humor or that kind of folksy humor, and anyone who just wants to learn a little bit more about a serious walk with the Lord or a sometimes not-so-serious walk in life, 
will truly love this book. Now, on the other hand, yes, J.R. Church fans, and I know there are lots of them out there because we still hear from them, J.R. Church fans are going to absolutely adore this book. Some of them may remember some of the Reflections articles, but it's been a while since those were published. Fans of J.R. are going to absolutely be over the moon about this book. It's just so J.R. It's so personable. It's quite a bit of fun. And it is also very moving, very poignant, very tender at times, and very loving. He really shares his love for God's people, for the people of his pastorates, for the people to whom he broadcast prophetic insights and God's word to and shared with. I think that we really see J.R. Church's heart and his spirit, and his spirit lives on not only in keep looking up the new autobiography, but in all of his writings, in his television broadcasts that are still available on FaithNet TV and on the Prophecy in the News YouTube site. He was so prescient, he really did have the Lord's Holy Spirit in him And we can learn so much from not only this book, but his other books and his broadcasts. They're still there. He lives on in the word and his words that came to him through his meditation on God's word and his study of it and the enlightenment that the Lord laid on him. Today, Watchman on the Wall is excited to announce the debut of J.R. Church's autobiography entitled Keep Looking Up. From birth to death and the journey in between, this autobiography illustrates the faithfulness of Prophecy in the News founder, J.R. Church. And it highlights his life of service to the Lord and mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dark world. Taken from Church's monthly column, Reflections, in the PITN magazine, the longtime leader in biblical prophecy looks back on his life in this collection, published all together for the very first time. Under Church's shepherding, Prophecy in the News became a national leader in biblical prophetic interpretation and today continues Church's vision as well as exploring new perspectives and discoveries as we await Jesus' blessed return and do as Church admonished, keep looking up. Keep Looking Up by J.R. Church is ready to be enjoyed by everyone who opens its pages. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order Keep Looking Up by visiting our website, swrc.com. Time now for a new segment on Watchmen on the Wall, Invisible War on the Saints, with Greg Patton and Ken Copley. In this segment, Greg and Ken are discussing what is facing the Christian today and how to combat the enemy in our everyday lives. Here's Greg Patton and Ken Copley. 
Well, excited to bring you this new program on Southwest Radio Church called Invisible War on the Saints. I'm Greg Patton, along with my colleague, Dr. Ken Copley. Both of us have decades working in the area of the spirit world and setting people free. Jesus Christ said that he came to heal the brokenhearted, set the captive free, and I think that's our heart, is it not, Doc? Absolutely. That's my passion. That's what drives me. I see people living in agony and mental torment, and just to see them come to Christ's freedom is something that really drives me. Amen. One of those things that I think we're confronted with more and more in this age is the area, in the church even, of depression. Christians, do they get depressed? By all means, Christians can get depressed. That is one of the greater problems that we face in the church and in our broad society today. That's the number one mental health problem that's prevalent in our culture. Depression comes from the lack of serotonin. How we live greatly impacts our production of serotonin. For instance, it's known that people with violent anger often have a low level of serotonin. People with addictions like alcoholism or a sex addiction or a drug addiction has a lower amount of serotonin in their system. The happy hormone has to be produced in a body that is really happy, one that is right with God, one that is living according to God's principles. Now, I've done a lot of study on this. I have a daughter that when uh, she was in med school, studied a great deal about depression, and she uh, works in private practice, in family practice, and she says with her patients, the first thing she asks them in depression is, what are you afraid of? Who are you angry toward? Who have you not forgiven? Many times that will lead to some real interesting answers, and then she will get someone hooked up with a good counselor or a pastor or someone that can help them deal with the spiritual issues. Now, there are times she will diagnose and prescribe medication. Sometimes in chronic suicidal level depression, she'll have them put in a hospital. I believe the root cause of depression comes from fear. I'm going to give you a biblical example. There was a fellow in the Old Testament by the name of Elijah. He was a prophet of God, raised up by God to speak to Israel at a time of extreme wickedness. Jezebel was the queen. She tore down the altars of God. She raised up altars to Baal. Baal was a multi-headed god, and most of the people had bowed their knee to Baal, probably to save their lives. Elijah was a man of God, man of faith. He prayed, and he asked the rain to stop, and God withheld rain for three years. Then God moved, and he said, pray again, it's going to rain. And he went to Ahab the king, and he said, I've got a little proposition for you. We're going to have the greatest power encounter that this world has ever seen. I'm going to take the God of heaven, Jehovah, against the prophets of Baal. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the top of Mount Carmel. We're going to set up an altar with Bullock. Your prophets of Baal can go first, and if Baal rains down fire, he wins. If not, God, he rains down fire, he wins. So they went to the top of the Mount of Carmel. They soaked down the bullocks. The prophets of Baal started to pray, and they were crying out, and God, Baal didn't seem to be answering. So they were cutting themselves, hoping to get his attention, and then Elijah started to mock them. He said, maybe he's using the bathroom, Hebrew language, that he covered his feet. He also said, uh, maybe he went on a vacation. Perhaps he's sleeping. Finally, in total exhaustion, they gave up. Elijah bowed his head and said, Father, send down fire from heaven. 
And he did. And it ate up all of the bullocks, and it burned up the wood, and it burned up even the stone. And in that day, the prophets of Baal were put to death. Elijah ran ahead of the chariot back to the city. Now, Jezebel did not witness all this, but the Bible says when Ahab got home, he instructed Jezebel as to everything that had happened. And she was really upset. So she sent him a little letter, and she said in 24 hours or less, I am going to kill you. She said, matter of fact, if you're not dead in 24 hours, may that which happened to the prophets of Baal happen to me, Jezebel. Elijah, rather than trusting God, whom he just saw do super miracles, decided to run. He laid down under a juniper tree. By the way, all of us have a juniper tree experience in our lives from time to time. He wanted to die. He asked God if he could die. So the Lord came to him and did several things. First thing he did was say, Elijah, you need to get some sleep. And it was really interesting, Elijah fell asleep talking to the Lord. That's a good way to go to sleep, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then after he had slept a good while, the angel came, woke him up, gave him a good healthy meal to eat. Then the Lord sat down and talked to him. And he said, "Um, Elijah, what's going on in your life? And Elijah said, I alone am the only one left. And God said to Elijah, there are 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to Baal. You're not the only one. You are not alone. Fear is what drove Elijah into the wilderness. And fear is something that can cause a great amount of depreciation of serotonin in a person's system. And so after time of reasoning with God and rest and eating good meals in the desert, Elijah got up, depression was gone, he went home to Jerusalem and performed many powerful miracles and had a phenomenal ministry for the rest of his life. So Dr. Copley, in essence, those listening, depression, they're depressed. What's the first thing I should do and how do I follow up on that? First thing I would do is make absolutely sure I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that I've repented of my sins. I've called upon the God who died on the cross, was buried, rose again to pay for my the penalty for all of my sins, the one who loves me and the one who calls me to repentance and calls me to faith in Jesus Christ and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are on your way to heaven. At that point, God will start dealing in your life and you need to read the scriptures and learn how to develop a prayer life. And as you read the scriptures and God speaks to your heart and as you pray, God will teach you those things that you need to deal with, people that you need to forgive, bitterness that you need to shed, people that you need to make everything right with, and God will step by step, like peeling an onion, bring you to a holiness and a cleanliness in your life. And as you'll see this happen, depression will seep away. Keep looking up. Reflections on a Life Well Lived is the autobiography of Prophecy in the News founder, J.R. Church. Order this outstanding book today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Ask how you can receive free shipping when you call 1-800-652-1144. 
1-800-242-1144. Thank you for being here today. We truly appreciate you spending part of your day with us. As we end our time together today, remember the constant encouragement from JR Church. Keep looking up. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.